Amendmentradio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net. Around the world and on satellite. Keys of the Kingdom. I'm I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. We're getting a little feedback here. Anyway, we're going to we're having a little technical difficulty. I'm not sure whether or not you'll. We were connected. Uh, I believe we're connected now. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk about temples and churches today. Uh, we're not recording this program, so I hope everybody's listening. Um, the uh, the topic is uh, was going to be temples and churches, and, and we will talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that most of you have been misled into thinking that was a certain way, that was operating in a certain fashion, and it simply isn't that way, and it wasn't that case. One of the words we see all the time, we use all the time, is grace. Uh, you know, it's a Greek word for charis. That's where it comes from, and it means a given benefit. So we are saved by grace. In other words, we're saved by the benefit, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our Father who art in heaven. And that's because we've turned away from the gods of the world and turned towards him. The Pharisees had turned towards the gods of the world. And we talked about it on Blog Talk just before the show that the Pharisees were doing something that was contrary to the ways of Christ, contrary to the ways of Moses, and contrary to the ways of God. And the truth is, the modern Pharisees are still doing it, and still teaching it. And uh, what has happened is that we, as a people who believe that we are following Christ, have listened to the Pharisees as to what the Old Testament says. And they were wrong. The Pharisees had misinterpreted the Old Testament that was well known at the time of Christ by people who were not Pharisees and objected to the Pharisees. Of course, you had the Sadducees, and they had misinterpreted it as well. And you had uh, a group that we refer to as the Essenes. They didn't call themselves that. But they considered that the Pharisees' interpretation was a fiction and a fraud. Now, they didn't have everything right either, but when Christ came along, he had everything right. And he was trying to explain to this mixed group of people what the kingdom of God was like. He didn't say the kingdom of God is coming in 2,000 years. He said the kingdom of God is coming right now. 
it's happening right now. It is a part of the system right now. And that's uh, very important to understand. We're, we were told to go out and preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We were told to seek the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and the righteousness of God. And we haven't done that. And if we haven't been doing what Jesus said, then we're not followers of Jesus, no matter how much you tell me you believe in him. Because you have to actually be doers of the word. Now, you won't do it perfectly. It's not a matter of earning it. It's still grace. It's still a charity. No matter how much you do, God will never owe you salvation. It's always you're saved by grace. But Jesus said, not those who say, Lord, Lord, but those who do it the will of the Father. So you have to be doing the will of the Father. In order to do the will of the Father, you have to know what the will of the Father is. You should know in your hearts and in your minds. But you've been told so many lies that you don't get it. But maybe you'll get it here today. Wycliffe uh, translates the word ecclesia into church or churche. It comes from an ancient uh, word kirke, which is used in uh, older text in reference to pagan temples. But when he uses it, as you can see in the context, when he's talking about the ecclesia, the, the called out, he's talking about the church for the most part. In 1526, William Tyndale, and in 1535, uh, Miles Corvidale, uh, Corvidale uh, translated the word ecclesia mostly as congregation. Uh, Tyndale only used uh, the word church once in Acts uh, 19.37, where he says, For ye have brought hither these men which are neither robbers of churches, nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. Now they were they were saying these men are not robbers of churches. He's not translating the word ecclesia there. He's translating another word. And but he's using the word church uh, to translate this uh, erosulus, which is. Uh, you know, actually it kind of means robbers of sacred things, robbers of churches. Well, what's a sacred thing? You know, the word sacrilege, it's from the Latin word uh, sacrilegious, uh, which has actually has two parts to it. The second part is legus, which has to do with bound or binding together. It's where we get the word legal, uh, legislate. All those come from that word, but sac legus is a different thing it has to do with dedicated set apart for worship now somehow or other we think that God needs us to sing to him or he is not pleased you know like uh, like he can't get every radio station there is uh, you know he, he doesn't need uh, Bose speakers and stereos he doesn't need our singing to cheer him up we're not here for his entertainment we're his children we we should be like him we were created by him in his image but we have twisted that image into something else 
we should be living by the grace of God. We are saved by the grace of God. But if we come togetherhood as a brotherhood with a common father, we should save one another by one another's grace, charis, charity. We should take care of one another. We should sacrifice for one another. And that's what the temples originally were all about. That's what the uh, uh, altars of Abraham and Moses were all about. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Taking care of your neighbor in time of need. They had Where was their social welfare program for hundreds of years in Israel when there was no king? How did they put together the money to build an army to fight the enemies? They came together and they contributed one to the other. I mean, you're out there on the front lines. Who's bringing your supplies and your food? It's your family, your neighborhood, and your brothers. And why Why do they do it now in, in America? If you, if you all come from one town or one family, they don't want you on the same ship. They don't want you in the same regiment. Because what happened in the Civil War and even in the First World War, uh, you know, a unit was defeated or destroyed or a ship went down, and the whole town lost all its sons. They, they said, oh, that's bad. Well, yeah, it is bad. But when you have that camaraderie that comes from generations fighting together, you don't desert in the face of the enemy. And if you think about uh, you know, uh, 20,000 naked Greek men with sharp swords running at you, screaming and yelling, you needed something more than a flag or a wrinkled constitution to keep you there in line. You needed loyalty to that man standing next to you. And, and we can see that in the, in the series Band of Brothers, that they created the loyalty. They survived long enough to create that loyalty one to each other, and they became this almost invincible little fighting force. Now, they brought certain character with them that they didn't learn in the army, but they did learn to be loyal to one another because they went through hell with one another. And that's why God's society should be built in that fashion, where you take care of one another. You watch each other's back. You live by the cherish of one another so that you also, in God's grace, are worthy of his cherish because you love one another. I mean, how many times did Christ say it? And he's just quoting Moses. How many times did we see it in Abraham, who came to defend his own nephew, who had abandoned him? and had gone whoring after the ways of Sodom and Gomorrah. He had a little bit of virtue left in him, according to the story. But he had, had become a mess by his union with the city-state. Abraham wasn't in a city-state. He created altars, and those altars were altars of charity, if you read the book, Thy Kingdom Come. But that is not what we are getting today in our churches we have token charity we have to if we have token charity we have token salvation it's not real now, people want to believe that you know i've accepted jesus so therefore i am saved well that's that's a wonderful thing to think but that don't make it so now it may be so but you can you see how dangerous it is to think you are saved 
and you're not. Because someone says, I was saved in such and such a day, I accepted Christ in such and such a day, I'm saved. That can lull you into a false salvation. And it has with many people. They think they're saved. They think they're saved. How do you know if they're saved? Because they say so? Aren't all men liars? They lie to themselves. Have they really accepted Jesus? Now, they, they, if it is extremely important that other people believe that you accepted Jesus, then I'm questioning, what is your motivation here? It should be extremely important to do the will of the Father, because Christ said so. And if that's important to you, then I say, oh, that man may be following Jesus. He may have accepted Jesus, because he's actually doing what he said. He's not going to earn salvation. But by the grace of God, he will know salvation because he knows Christ. Because I know he knows Christ because he's doing what Christ says. I, I know it pretty much. I could be deceived. But it gives me something to go by. The fact that you tell me you've accepted Jesus doesn't give me anything to go by because I've heard guys say that and I have not seen Jesus in them. Just had a a local young man take advantage of another young girl. Not the first time. Been doing it for years. But he's accepted Jesus. He used to sing in the choir. But there's something wrong here. How can he keep doing that and tell me that he's accepted Jesus? It's not what saying, Lord, Lord, Jesus, Jesus, I accepted Jesus. It's doing the will that tells us that you're saved. And it's not that important to me anyway that I know that you're saved. It's important that you're saved, but it's not important that I know it. It's not important that I have a relationship with you. It's important that we have a relationship with Christ. And if we have a relationship with Christ, we will act as Christ said to act because we have a relationship where we want to. Now, it's not because we have to be charitable. Oh, shoot, I have to be charitable. I will want to be. So why are we talking about uh, temples and churches? Because the temples in those days were where you went to get your welfare, to get your social security, to get your assistance from the community. Because the money that was in the temple came from the community. That's The ministers of the temples provided certain benefits to the community. Now, there were lots of different kinds of temples in Rome. Some were actually temples, you might even call them peace temples, because they kept the peace. They kept the peace by providing for the soldiers. <laughs> That's right. They funded the military, uh, usually projects uh, such as, you know, going out and building roads and harbors and things like that for the Navy and for the military, because the military needed those roads in order to keep them supplied when they were out there fighting Gauls or Germans or whatever, Teutons. But they didn't go there just to fight. They went there to develop trade, because that trade came back to them in the form of wealth. Commerce was very important to the Romans because that's where their wealth came from. It's also where their downfall, because they've been selfish people. 
and that's what's happened in America. We've become soft and easy. Now, there's some great people in America that aren't so soft and easy. There's a little video on the Internet uh, of these two young guys out in a river catching catfish. I mean, they're like catfish, 45-pound catfish. They put their hand down and actually uh, tempt the catfish to go after their thumb, I guess, or something. And then when they tried that, they shoved their hand down and grabbed the catfish by the gills. And, uh, you know, with her hand down his mouth and then pick that catfish up and go and throw him in the boat. Uh, those are tough country boys. And, you know, they got a thick, like, Arkansas accent or something and a couple of hicks. But, I mean, that that was that was amazing, fishing with their thumb and catching the 45-pound fish. <laughs> but uh, that, that's... Just the point is, is that there are men out here in America and women out here who have the courage that is required for freedom. But do we understand how freedom works in society? It works if you have charity, one for each other, and that you're taking. In order to have that charity, you need to exercise it, and that's what you should be doing in your churches, is taking care of one another so they do not have to go and pray to the benefactors who exercise authority. They do not have to live by the sword because those benefactors who exercise authority take from your neighbor at the point of a gun or a sword or a knife or whatever. In the old days, it was a knife and a sword. Now it's a gun. They force the contribution. And it's legal to force that contribution because you've made covenants, agreements with them. You aren't a free people, and you're not going to go anywhere with that freedom that you think you have because it's an illusion. You're under Caesar. He is not your leader. He is your ruler. And he's become that way because you have failed to retain your rights and you have failed to retain your rights because you have failed to retain and maintain your responsibilities in society through free will offerings. You are not under the perfect law of liberty. You are under the imperfect law of force, fear, and violence. You have gone the way of Cain. You have gone the way of Kor. And so now those men that you have prayed to reign over you. And you cannot just say, I rescind my agreements, because you're in debt. That's why they want you in debt. Because now anything you have legal title to must go to payment of that debt. If you're extremely wealthy, you can buy your way out, just like uh, the Roman centurion who Paul talked to. What these temples did, they weren't originally this way, but by the time Caesar came in, these temples became civil temples under civil law. Civil law, Roman law, Roman civil law are convertible phrases. People say, oh, we have the civil law here and we have God's law over here. Well, that, that's kind of true. But civil law becomes law because you make it law. And you don't make it law simply by a vote of the majority. You make it law by becoming a participator in it. You cannot just undo that if you've gone into debt. You have to pay the debt. That was a big thing with the pilgrims in a book I'm trying to get written, Pilgrims and Strangers, that they had to pay off the debt that they had before they could be free men. 
They also had to prove up land and own it in their own name. They rejected title after, you know, contract after contract, unless they could actually own the land. Nobody in America owns land today. You all have legal title, but legal title does not include the beneficial interest. It is not a freehold title. You have to pay a use tax. You are serfs upon the land. That's that's really kind of interesting because on this day in history, uh, the Tsar of Russia outlawed serfdom. Isn't that interesting? This day in history, Alexander the uh, see uh, the second. The Russian Tsar abolished serfdom, 1861. It's funny because by 1871, Americans were on their road back to serfdom because they had created a uh, a citizenship whereby they would look to the government to start solving their problems. Now, it took a few generations or a few uh, decades anyway to start that ball rolling where you look to the government for everything you know someone said the fraudulent reserve system uh, is is fraud it isn't what fraud it's what it is I mean they told you what it is I mean we all knew you can't pay a debt with a note it was a stupid system <laughs> But it is what it is. It's not fraud. It is fake money that says it's fake money. I I thought it was so interesting in a, in a book written back in the 1800s, there was a guy trying to cash a uh, note from a bank, just like a Federal Reserve note, bank note. And the storekeeper knew that that bank was having trouble, and he said he wouldn't take that note. The man had to pay cash. That's right. A note's not cash. People are waiting for the cashless society. You're in it. <laughs> You're in it. You don't have any cash in your pocket. Notes aren't cash. Clad coin aren't cash. You know, iron coin, that's not cash. Those are slugs. <laughs> that's not cash. You are the fraud trying to tell people that you bought this. I paid for this. You didn't pay for that. You cannot pay a debt with a note. You're the fraud. People say, oh, the banks are committing fraud. They loan me money based on my signature. You got a house, didn't you? You got a car, didn't you? Who committed the fraud? On your signature, you told somebody you would pay them notes if they gave you their labor and their sweat. They got you. They got you committing fraud and a crime. They don't even want the stuff. They just want more credit unions. It's musical money. And you need to find out how that works. Now, the kingdom of heaven is the answer. You've got to find out what that is. And you have to seek that and the righteousness of that. And that was a network of people who learned to care about each other as much as they cared about themselves. And they started caring for one another. That's what you got to do. Do what Christ said so that you actually become a real Christian.
You're listening to FirstAmendmentRadio.com worldwide. Freedom is never free. We need your support today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Gold and silver is tremendously undervalued. Global demand vastly annually. There is little in the financial world more certain than a coming explosion in the prices of gold and silver. The U.S. dollar continues to lose value and respect as the world's reserve currency. Our nation faces challenges on many fronts, and a day doesn't pass without another economist bringing forth warnings of impending economic calamity. There has never been a better time than right now to acquire physical gold and silver. Discount Gold and Silver Trading was founded on the principles of truth and honesty. We believe in providing a quality product, quality service, and most importantly, competitive pricing. We provide all forms of precious metals, including American gold, silver, platinum, and rare investment and circulated coins. Silver bars, rounds, and 90% silver bags are on hand for the silver investor. Gold self-directed IRAs are available. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, that's 1-800-375-4188. If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Past Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free? Or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of Federal Aggression. Get this DVD presentation for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Call 559-781-3773. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at FirstAmendmentRadio.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all of our programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you may request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $25. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You may do all of this online at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. You may also adopt an hour of your favorite program. Please don't forget that most of the programs on FirstAmendmentRadio.com are listener-supported. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773 and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Welcome back to Kings of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. We talked a little bit about uh, temples and churches. We talked a little bit about uh, the welfare systems of Rome and the welfare systems of Herod. We've talked in the past about that Corbin of the Pharisees that made the Word of God to none effect. That was their welfare system. It means sacrifice. The people had to sacrifice something to help their neighbors out. That has always been the case. That has always been something that uh, the church in the wilderness did. That's what the early church did. They contributed something to help people in their community out when there was a true need. 
that's pure religion, helping the widows and orphans who, who don't have families to help them out, or they just simply don't have enough adequate assistance even from their family. And that's where most of the charity went, is those needy. Now, there are other people in their midst who are uh, uh, beat up in the ditch by society, uh, they're drug addicts, they're what have you, and if they repent and turn around, we should try to help them. We shouldn't enable them, we shouldn't weaken them, we should strengthen them. Remember, Sodom and Gomorrah, the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was that in a time of affluence, they did not strengthen the poor. And so that's what happens when you create a welfare system where people are just helped out, but don't uh, turn around, they don't repent, they just keep going back and doing the same stupid things over and over again, and they expect somebody else to bail them out all the time. And that type of welfare is not a good thing, it's a bad thing. It weakens the people, it destroys them. And how many people are sitting on welfare that should be doing something of value for their neighbor? and could be doing something of value and could be doing something of value for their neighbor if if uh, they were actually uh, required according to Thessalonians to do something according to their ability for the good of society they should not sit there and just collect funds that's bad for them that is not charitable to them so how do you create a system like that? You have to create it with free will offerings. Corbin was always a free will offering in the Old Testament until the uh, people rejected God and elected a leader who could exercise authority. But as soon as that leader forced the contributions of the people, he was called foolish by Samuel. And any society that depends upon forced contributions to take care of the poor is a foolish society. It will go into destruction. It will destroy itself. It will go into debt. It will go into bondage. It will not be able to make an individual declaration of independence. Its leaders are not its servants. Its leaders are its rulers. Because those are the men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. It was not to be that way with us. And people who say that's only for the church government is saying that Morality is only for Sunday when you go to church. Morality isn't for the rest of the week. That is nonsense. Christ was talking about a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. And Wycliffe, who was the first, uh, one of the first to translate the word uh, ecclesia into church, which comes from an old uh, English word meaning uh, was uh, attributed to pagan temples. The church is a temple. You're the temple of the church. It's not the building. It's you, the people. You sacrifice to your ministers so that your ministers can take care of your needy. And you are bound together by faith, hope, and charity. That is the way of the Lord. If that's not what you're doing in your church then your church is falling short of the first century church. It's falling short of what Christ taught. And you need to turn around. The temples of the pagans were like the temple of Saturn, the temple of Ephesus. Ephesus was a world bank. I've explained this in Chapter 9 of Thy Kingdom Come. It's going to be in an article coming out with uh, News of Views and on our website uh, before the tour. And you need to see 
that the you know Temple of Ephesus looks just like the U.S. Treasury building because that's where you've been investing your treasury and where thieves and robbers can break in and steal it. And that's why you're bankrupt today in every state almost across the country and in the United States you're bankrupt because you've gone the way of Cain, the way of core. You have not created a society based on faith, hope, and charity. You are not a shining light anymore. Your candle has gone dim. Now, there are good people in America. They need to start coming together and start being that alternative society because you're going to need it here real soon. You see the old system crumbling down around you. Christ came in a time when that was beginning already. There were riots under Pontius Pilate because the government took money out of their social welfare system, out of their Corbin, and used it for public work. And they said, there won't be enough money for us if you do this. Now, the public works actually were pretty good public work. They brought an aqueduct into Jerusalem for fresh drinking water. It was a very important thing. But that was pilfering their social security system. And they were worried because they were looking to that central treasury for their salvation in time of need. And Christ said that's making the word of God to none effect. Your salvation is in love for one another and love for God and righteousness. Are you really seeking that? Then why don't you have it? You don't have it because you've been looking somewhere else. You've been praying somewhere else for your daily bread. And you need to turn around. You need to repent. You need to change your thinking. Temples even stored official documents and contracts, including birth certificates in the Temple of Saturn on the eastern slope of Capitolina Hill, the capital. It was the Bureau of Vital Statistics, because with those birth certificates, they knew when you were eligible and if you were eligible for benefits. And then they had to number you to keep track so many people. I mean, in Jerusalem, half the people, half the girls were named Mary. There were Jesus is all over the place, which is really Joshua. So they had to number them, and they did. And they kept track of who was who, because that's how they knew who was deserving of what benefit. But that's not the ways of God. The ways of God is to come together in families, and those families come together in small congregations, grassroots, pick a minister that is your public servant, and you keep an eye on him and keep him honest. Iron sharpens iron. And he gathers together with other ministers, like himself, picked because of his virtue, because of his charity, because he wanted to serve the people. If you create offices of power, men who seek power will seek office, and that's what you've done. These temples were even investment houses. They minted coin. They were underwriting commercial ventures and insurance. What insurance? Social insurance. Corbin. Q-U-R-B-A-N-K-O-R-B-A-N. K-C-O-R-B-A-N. Kush. Uh, I can't even remember. Uh, Resh. Uh, Beit. Nun. Corbin. The temples even stored uh, these official documents, but uh, what were they? That's your county seat. You know, 
that's what that those are your temples today your church is just an entertainment center where you go and sing and, and feel self-righteous saying lord lord but not doing the will of the father not taking care of one another through love what happened early in rome they did the same thing of taking care of their needy through faith hope and charity through love of one another through honor the Teutons were still doing that to a great no no divorce amongst the Teutons almost no unemployment uh, nobody on welfare but yet they sustained themselves so well and so tightly that when a well-trained supplied army came up from Rome 15,000 soldiers strong they were defeated overnight by 12,000 Teutons who came together with no central emperor or leader because they were the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Because they were bound together by faith, hope, and charity. They took care of one another. Honor was important. Righteousness was important. Family was important. Rome, families were, were being decimated, almost completely stopped the... Marriage orphans were running ragged in the streets everywhere because children were being born out of wedlock. Half of Rome was on welfare at times. Almost 50 million Americans are in bread lines today, but you don't see them because they've got a food stamp card. That's the bread line. You don't get to photograph those bread lines. They're invisible. You're in trouble. You've gone whoring after the ways of Cain and Kor and Balaam and the Nicolaitans. Read our articles on the web, hisholychurch.org. Read those. Study those. They answer your question about where we went wrong. And they answer questions also about where we need to go. And that's why we're going on this tour in your states all over the country and we'll do more and more if you help us out i mean this is going to cost us there are people investing thousands of dollars worth of time to make this possible but it's grassroots it doesn't come to me it, every well I mean, something may come to me i actually there are a few people have donated lately when that's going to be handy because i'm going to be working out there on the road for the next couple of months i'm working all this month preparing to go work a couple more months we're building the house of the Lord. It's going to take some support. But this network is key. It's a living network because the church is a living building, and you are the bricks and mortar of that building. But it has to be done the way it was done from the beginning. Israel, tens, hundreds, and thousands, love thy neighbor as thyself, became an invincible nation. So well known, in Rome emulated it when they threw out the Tarquinian kings, when they had their revolution. But they became complacent and sloth and avarice, weakened them, and they did not retain their rights. And they looked to Caesar just as Israel looked to Saul. And they fell into bondage. And you have done the same. It's time to repent. It's time to turn around. 
time to go the other way. The ways of Christ, the ways of Moses, the ways of Abraham. We explain this in the book Thy Kingdom Come, in the book High Air Liberty, all free. We give them away free. You know, you want a hard copy? I got it. I got to charge you. Sorry. But you can download it, print it out, wherever. And they'll tell you on the Living Network. You just contact, get on the Living Network and ask the contact minister in your area. I am not pointing you to me. I am pointing you to your local groups. Form those local congregations. I don't care if you leave your church or not. I'm not trying to create another denomination. I'm trying to conform to Christ. Conform to what he was telling the early church to do because they were doing it. They needed to do it because... Guess what? Rome took all the silver out of the Roman silver denarii. It wasn't silver anymore. It was an iron coin. And the gold did the same way. And guess what? A sack of wheat went from six denarii to 120,000 denarii because the denarii was an iron coin. It started slow. I mean, remember when the loaf of bread was 10 cents? I'm old enough to remember. A gallon of gas was 19. And the guy, two bits, and they fill her up. It was on a motorcycle, okay, but still. What's happening to the money? Is gas going up? Is bread going up? You've gone to diverse ways to measure. You, you don't make payments. You don't do what's right. You know, I was reading in Paul this morning, Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that adhorest idols, dost thou commit Sacrilege. We talked earlier about sacrilege. Sacrilegious. Legious bind. Things bound separate. You take things that are bound separate. Your contributions to your temples at Ephesus or Washington, D.C. or Rome or wherever your temples are, that money is bound to them. And they will trickle it back to you because they hold offices of power. They can say what you can have and what you can't have. And they can say what you have to give. If you were really charitable people, nobody would. They would have said, hey, we got a welfare system. You can join and we will take care of you in your time of need. And they said, why not? Well, why would we want to do that? We already go to church. But your churches weren't doing that. Churches wanted to build their big buildings. They didn't want to build the living church established by Jesus Christ. You can't just do that because I joined your church. You have to create those bonds of loyalty and camaraderie and brotherhood by actually doing it, taking care of one another. And you have a little bit of time to start practicing what Christ preached. You need to do that. You need to turn around and start doing that. And David said, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a wreck unto them. 
He's just quoting David. Let their table become a snare before them, and that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. You are trapped. Your leaders are not your public servants because you hired men who exercised authority over your neighbor because you coveted your neighbor's goods. You have been made merchandise. They are the masters, and you are the merchandise. And actually, your Senate, your Congress, and your president, they're not even the masters. It's the money masters. But who is to blame? Is it the money masters? They're greedy. Yeah, okay, blame them for their greed. But you participated. Your ministers did not tell you the truth. Maybe they didn't know it. Why didn't they know it? They're under a strong delusion that they're following the ways of Christ and they are actually whoring after idols in pagan temples, praying for their daily bread, not forgiving their neighbor. Every time somebody in a government anywhere in the world goes out to beat up your neighbor to make him contribute to your welfare, you are guilty of that sin because you pray to them for the benefit. And all they're doing is their job for you. And yeah, thieves and robbers, moms, eat up the funds, and yeah, okay, but that's what you were told would happen. From Samuel to Jesus Christ, he's telling you, if you look to those central treasuries, they will rob you. They will make their instruments of war. They will take your sons and daughters. They will take and take and take and you were warned now what are you going to do about it are you going to whine and complain those bad guys you bad guy them bad guys but you bad guy too turn around and start coming together and start being what Christ said and start doing what he said just form those congregations of caring and establish the kingdom of God at hand in our hearts and in our minds in a reality. Again, if you want to learn more about this, look up on the webpage org slash outline.php. You can find it over there on the left-hand side under the first drop-down menu, outline. And go on there, find everything that starts with Corbin and read that, Corbin of the Pharisees. Pure religion. Look for that. You push uh, what is it, PTRLF, and then a little search box, and you can search that whole page for whatever word you want. There's some video on there. There's some audio on there. Listen to that. Learn what you've been missing. And then get on that living network. Up there at the top, the guy with the little net, click on that. Join that living network in your area. Come to it with humility and caring about others as much as you care about yourself. Don't tell me you want your rights back unless you include the statement in the same sentence that I want mine and my neighbor's rights back. If you will not set your neighbor free from those who go out and collect for your welfare, then don't tell me you want to be free. If you're still collecting the charity of your neighbors at the point of a gun to the agency of the 
gods which you have chosen for yourself. I am not going to hear you, and neither is God. That's what he says. I will not hear you in that day. You need to repent. Now, it's not an instantaneous thing. I'm not saying get rid of, you know, if you're on Social Security, I'm not saying get rid of that. I'm saying turn around, start heading back. That's what Christ said. Turn around, start like the prodigal son. Turn around, start seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Start supporting those people who are doing the same, who are preaching the true and whole gospel of the kingdom of God at hand and within your reach and reaching out. It's not about just your local congregation. It's about a network of congregations bound together by love, by faith, hope, and charity. That takes faith. That takes hope. That's why those words are together. It takes faith and hope to do that. You have to do it. Darn. <laughs> you got to turn around. You got to seek one another. You got to desire to be bound by nothing more than faith, hope, and charity. No entitlement. No guarantee. Whoa faith. Abraham did it. Moses did it. Early church did it. Don't you think it's about time you started doing it? I think it is. I think it's past time. I think you're running out of time. I think you need to find out that the civil temples of Rome are the civil temples of the United States, of Australia, of England, of Canada, all over the world. And those are the pagan temples. And their welfare is a snare. And if you sit and eat with be not a man because he serves you deceitful meat. Do not seek to have one purse. Seek to have one heart. And that heart is the heart of Christ. It's gonna take sacrifice. This is not an easy message to, to sell. I can't put sugar on it, folks. I can't sit up here and tickle yours and tell you you're saved. I don't know if you're saved. You can tell me you're saved, that's fine. Show me you're saved. Show me the fruits of that salvation. Are you doing what Christ said to do? Are you doing what the Father said to do from generation from prophet to prophet to prophet? Are you righteous in your generations, or have you chosen another father? You have. But maybe you were deceived. Hey, don't blame that on anybody else. Don't be like Adam. When Adam sinned, he didn't say, Oh, Lord, I've sinned. I am, I am worthy of death. Forgive me. I am sorry. No, he said, no, the woman you gave me gave me the to eat. He blamed it on God. Stop blaming where you're at on everybody else and start focusing on the way back, which is the ways of Christ, the ways of the early church. Turn around, repent, and let's head for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's all they were calling this morning. Uh, we're going to have talk shoes. Better everybody be on point. 
see you there. See you in the kingdom. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.